Hello, friends. Hello. Well, Welcome oh, back. And the person sent me the jingle. Oh, yay. But it's like a Dropbox thing, so I couldn't open it. We'll try that. Okay. We'll, we'll open that this week. I we promise. will. Welcome back to Love This For Us. Welcome back. Is that the police? Um, yeah. Ah. What's they happening? They were honking. That was the engine. And the police. Oh. Everybody's honking at mom. Pretty so- sure they're going up to the usual house up the street, if I had to guess. The fact that there's a police car with them. Welcome back Funny. to Love This For Us. <laughs> it's recording. I can't stop it. Okay. Um, welcome back, Good. you guys. Oh, welcome back, everybody. Good and it's so funny that the fire... Surfers for autism always repping. Always. It's funny that the fire trucks are going by because that's kind of what we're talking about today. I know. How funny is that? I'm t- <gasps> it's a sign. It is. I'm turning 30 this week. I can't believe it. It's so bizarre. I had her when I was 10. Yeah. Mom's a young lady. I was 25. Oh, close enough. Might as well have been 10. Yeah. So I've gotten a lot of questions in the past. Um, you guys probably don't know this unless you've been watching or have heard us talk about it. But mom was a firefighter, a high-ranking firefighter, I shall say, because I think it's important. All of it's important, but it's cool because you're a woman um, for 32 years mm-hmm. before I was born. And I wanted to hear your experience because that means you got pregnant while you were still in early years of being a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's talk well, about you being one. Well, let's talk about your birthday because that's how it, th- that's how we got talking about it yeah. on Lauren's birthday. Every year I tell her her birthday story. Yes. And meaning when did I go in labor and all that kind of stuff. Um, as far as getting, knowing I was pregnant, you know, watching you do the pregnancy test and everything, they mm-hmm. didn't, we didn't, you know, 30 that years ago, pregnancy tests weren't really a thing. Did I do one? I don't think I did. I don't think they had them. Mm-hmm. Yes, they did, because I was at Aunt Kat's house, and Ryan is nine months older than you, so she was giving him a bath yeah. in the kitchen sink. I took a pregnancy test, but and it showed pregnant, and I was at her house. Mm-hmm. So I came home, and your biological father was asleep, like he had worked the night shifter, because he was, a, at that point, a firefighter too. Mm-hmm. So he must have worked the night before, whatever, I don't remember specifically. And I said, I woke him up. I'm like, I think I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And he's like, what? I was like, I can't wait. And I, <laughs> I also had a part-time job at the hospital. So I went up and talked to a doctor friend of mine. And they drew blood and did the pregnancy test. And we still have it out there. She came back with this little white thing that looks like... A barrel. Kind of, It yeah. looks like a little baby And she barrel. wrote Baby Laundreville on it and handed it to me. And that's how I found out I was pregnant. So how was it um, having to tell people? And because back so I, then it was different. It was very... There weren't a lot of us women in the fire service anyway, much less a pregnant one. So I went to the department, not the where I was working at the time was not where I retired from, but I had been there, I got hired there in 1987. So I'd been there, you know, three years. And so I remember telling my lieutenant my shift, I'm like, I'm pregnant. I think I might have even had a son. I don't remember. Um, but I told him I was pregnant and they were like, Excited just to be, you know, guys. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. You know, and then my lieutenant went and told the chief. And so then I went in to talk to the chief. And I'm like, I'm pregnant. He's like, oh, that's great. Um, I got to go upstairs. <laughs> which the fire station was next to the city hall, which is where the human resources and the city manager was like, oh, you're pregnant. That's wonderful. I got to go upstairs. <laughs> so he we went upstairs, I think, to talk to HR. And it was a small city. And I think that led to talking to the city manager. And it was like, we have a pregnant firefighter. What are we going to do with her? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Stay right there. <laughs> and um, so I think I had to go to the doctor and kind of get kind of like an opinion. Mm-hmm. And the doctor that um, was my obstetrician, he was in a practice with an older doctor. He was brand new mm-hmm. in the practice. Stavoy was? Stavoy. He was oh. young. He oh, was wow. a baby. And which when I, I think he's even he's retired still, now. Is he? Because I, I think he's been delivered a few of my friend's babies. Well, he's gone gray anyway. He's gotten yeah. older. Yeah. And uh, so he was like, well, you just have to be careful. Um, you know, you can work for a few months. Like there's really not a lot of information out there about what to do with pregnant, you know. But somewhere very quickly, I saw the older doctor in the practice who was like, oh, you can't do anything. You can't breathe smoke. It could kill the baby. Like he really scared me. I'm like, oh. Okay. And so I went back and I was like, well, my doctor only wants me to work, I don't know, two more weeks or whatever it was. And they were like, ah. So they didn't know what to do with me. So basically, I got to stay in the office with Adele, my dearest, one of my dearest, dear. I loved Adele. She was like a mother slash friend. She was, I just loved Adele. 
Adele. Rest in peace, Rest Adele. Rest in peace, Adele. And it was great because we were such good friends. Mm-hmm. And I got to sit, basically I said, come to work, sit in the office five days a week. You know, and I like filed some stuff and like got caught up on reports. And then the, at the time there was the world's largest flag or this country's largest flag. I can't remember the name, but it was touring the country and it was coming to our little city. You know, now that I think about it, that's the first event that I went to? No, well, yes. And the first <laughs> event that I... and it, See, I did do event planning back then. You did? So I had to plan this little event, get volunteers to hold... Because basically, you had to get volunteers to hold this gigantic flag and somebody like got on a tall building, no drones or anything, took a picture of it. And they wanted... The city manager wanted me to try to get a flyby from like the Blue Angels. <laughs> Pre-internet <laughs> days. What are you going to do? I'm like looking up in the phone book calling like the Jacksonville uh, Air Force Base. Hey, do you know the Blue Angels? Help! So that didn't work. Um, and then, uh, how did it happen? They needed me to come back. Somebody had quit, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I went back four and a half weeks after I had you. Really? Yeah. I was going to ask, I was like, did you go right? Because my whole entire life, I have obviously memories. Even Ella has memories in the firehouse because you did, you didn't work at the firehouse where I was, you got pregnant with me. You were local to us my whole entire life. Yes. No, you probably don't have any memories because... I went back after four and a half weeks, um, which was a big reason I didn't breastfeed, mm-hmm. um, which my mother didn't breastfeed, so I wasn't raised to think you did not. I wish I did, but it just wasn't a thing, and yeah. especially going back to work at four and a half weeks. I can't believe you went 30 back. 30 years ago, um, you know, to say, hey, don't touch my, I'm going to go in the bathroom and pump and don't touch my milk oh, in the yeah. refrigerator. It just wasn't a time for that. Um, so I was on a 24-hour shift, and your biological father was, so... Um, I worked from 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. His department didn't start till 8, so I had to get off right at 7. We called it the baby swap. Like, especially if I got off a little late, we had a late call or whatever, we'd meet halfway in Port Orange and just, like, pass you off. And uh, The life of a firefighter's kid, I tell I you. And the biggest dread was it was always on me to get home. Like, mm-hmm. if we had a late, what you called a late call, if you got, you know, you're like... Yeah. And he was going to be late to get to work. There was a... It was so stressful at the end of every shift to try to get off on time. Or I would try to, like, work out with Joe King. Do you mm-hmm. remember Joe that we yeah. had the party, the pre-funeral party mm-hmm. for him? Um, I would, but then he wasn't a medic. It was just a constant battle of trying to get somebody to come in a little bit early for me so I wouldn't be late and, you know. So. How about your early years, like, raising a, a baby as a firefighter trying to work her way up in the ranks? Because you did initially, you ended up working yourself Well, I kind up. of had a feeling, like, I knew I would want to advance, so... Mm-hmm. As I, even before I got pregnant with you, my lieutenant was super encouraging about go to school. Like, Mm -hmm. especially now, you don't have any children, you know, go to school, go to school. I showed up at this Florida State Fire College nine months pregnant with you to take the last fire (laughs) inspector class I needed. Mm -hmm. And again, I show up and they're like, they look, you can't see here. They look right at my belly like, what are we supposed to do with you? Yeah. Because I was coming there to stay because it was far from home, Mm -hmm. you know, and you stay in the dorm. And that was just like, uh... Uh, I'm like, I'm here for the fire inspector class. I'm checking into the dorm. I'm gonna, And they're like, uh, uh. How crazy is that? And I didn't end up staying. It mm-hmm. just felt so uncomfortable. They made me feel uncomfortable. Um, and it it started to freak me out. Because they were like, well, what if you have start to have the baby up here in the middle of the, of the well, woods? Well, you guys are all firefighters and stuff. So, But I, I think- did. I ended up coming home and I finished that class like... When you were tiny, you know, when you were like a month or two old. So my memories, because I have memories wrapped up in this too, is my mom has worked at the same station for my, the, what I can remember my whole life. Right. And I Which was, is why I changed. I left that job mm-hmm. because it was a 24-hour shift. I wanted to have a daytime, you know, Monday through Friday job, which is why I came here and was fire marshal for all I was about to say, years. did you come here as a fire marshal? Is that how it mm-hmm. happened? Yep. So you were fire marshal or fire inspector for a long time then? 18 years before I got promoted to captain. Captain. So captain, if you guys aren't familiar, is right below a chief. In our department. In our department. Every department department has very different structure, but at that time in our department, it was the second. I remember when you got the captain position because I was older by that point. Papa, your grandfather was so thrilled. So proud. And it was just like, I was so proud because everybody in my life knew you as firefighter Jill because... I had the cool mom that was a firefighter. No one else did. And it was and super And part cool. of my job would take me to the schools to, to read talk books. about stop, drop, and roll and that kind of stuff. So everybody mm-hmm. knew Firefighter Jill. Where was I? Working out in the Y one day. And some kid was like 18. Like, you guys were growing. Are you Firefighter Jill? 
I'm like, yeah, you used to come to my class. I grew yeah. up with all the yeah. firefighter kids. Like, it, we were a tight crew. Like, I knew all of the kids. I still know them. I mean, and a lot of them are firefighters now, which is so funny. Like, I always wondered, but you had no interest nah, whatsoever. Nah, it's not funny. And I used to wonder about Ella, but she's not going to want it either. She hates sirens. I know. I know. That's a, that's a deal breaker. How was it to be, like, how was it being a woman in the fire field? Obviously, you knew early on, like, people are freaked out by this, and it was like a... The pregnant thing was probably the only time I ever really felt singled out just because it was unusual yeah you know there weren't a lot of women much less pregnant women but other than that I never really had um one instance of some inappropriate talk from a a superior um nobody that's around anymore if anybody's watching this it's nobody that anybody would know yeah Um, we're focused out of focus get back come back there we go let's stay closer together oh okay (laughs) closer this way yeah okay um, so no, I've never had, I always felt like I came to work as a person. I didn't come to work as a woman. I would never, ever, um, I'm not going to be the one to complain that I have my period. I can't, you know what I mean? So no, I, just come to, work, come to work as a person and act as a person and, you know. Do you miss it? Mm-hmm. Well, what, I run to the window and they went by? She, you're yeah. still like kind of involved. Like obviously you're not a firefighter anymore. No, she, but I still help. I can, I go in and do interviews when they have promotional interviews or new hire interviews, which is wonderful because I feel like. That's the tradition of the department that I can still be involved in. So, and you talk. She teaches uh, teaches at fire EMT EMT at the local college. Um, You're so accomplished. You really are, because like at 30 years old, you had a career, and you knew you wanted to advance, and you knew exactly what you wanted to do, and you went back to work after having. I encountered all the right people along the way. You know, Mm -hmm. like my early lieutenant that said you should, you know, get take as much training now as you can. you know, I got a, it was important for me to get a degree, Yeah. you know, so I got a degree. Actually, I was offered a fire chief's job uh, in another county. When? Who? Where? Uh, Palm Coast. Years when? ago. When? You, uh, you were... Teenager? No, 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 no. Uh, somewhere in the time I was here. Okay. Uh, but I just didn't want to drive. Yeah. You know, when I drove up there... Well, oh, we're doing again. again. When I drove up there for the interview... Hold on, let's fix this. I'm sorry. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. When I drove up there for the interview, I realized I didn't want to be driving up there every day and yeah. staying late for council meetings and all the things that go along with being a fire chief. But the biggest lesson I learned on that is rather than say that to them, I said, mm, I'm not going to take the job. It's not enough money. And they were like, okay, well, how much money do you want? Learned a good lesson to just be honest. Yeah. This isn't a good fit for my family is what I should have said. Because what yeah. she's not saying is my mom made dinner for me every single night of my entire childhood. Every night we had dinner on the table together, sat at the table, ate dinner together. Like you went to work. It's like faithfully you went to work at 8 a.m. Remember you we got home listen at 4 Erica on Fridays. Every day. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. I heard that song the other day. We had, we had yeah. a dialed in routine. I mean, left my the house whole at, life. Left the house at like 745 to mm-hmm. drop you off at school to get to work by 8. You're just a stellar mom. Oh. You really did such a good job. Because thinking about it is like going to back to work four weeks after you have a baby is intense. That's like really soon. Yeah, I don't. That's soon. I know. It, it is. Didn't, it didn't feel like it at the time. But when I, mean, I think now, I'm like. That's really soon. You're yeah. not even cleared for six weeks after having a baby to like have. You they know. probably broke all the rules or it was too soon. They're they like, this know. lady's a firefighter. She'll be all right. I got a lot of that back then. Just like even some of my early knee surgeries, they're like, "Oh, you work out, or you're a firefighter, you'll figure out how to rehab." I feel like that's how everybody has to learn. Treated you. You have to learn how to advocate for yourself. The second knee surgery, I'm like, "No, no, no, I want help, help, help." (laughs) I'm really proud of you. You're an awesome woman. What would be some advice? Because if there's a woman firefighter or a firefighter in general watching, like, what would be some advice you'd give someone who wants to go into the field of firefighting? Hmm. For a woman Um, or in general. Well, for a woman, don't think of yourself as a woman going into the field. Just think of yourself as whatever, a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, prepare yourself physically, you know, because it is physically challenged. Mm-hmm. You know, it's tough. Uh, prepare yourself mentally. And what I encourage is most departments, no matter where you live, you can do like a ride-along, mm-hmm. and, you know, where you just observe and see if you really like it. Yeah. You know. I knew early There's on no I didn't like it. There's no reason anybody can't do it. Do it. You know, I was raised... I mean, your grandparents weren't hippies by any means, but I was definitely raised to 
you can do anything you want to do. So mm-hmm. it, it never even crossed my mind that I, it would be I, different. Why would that be a thing if and I, I didn't want to do that? I didn't think about it being different either until I had people be like, wow, your mom was like a captain and she was a one. Like, it's a thing. And I was like, oh. Well, even before I retired, just before I retired, your father would, he's always repping the, you know, he'd have a hat on or a shirt. And they were like, oh, where do you work? He's like, oh, it's my wife. And most people would think that was cool. And once in a while, you'd get, they'd, oh, yeah. Your wife's the firefighter? Oh, when okay. I get pulled over, I always have a fire <laughs> sticker on the back of my car. I don't have one currently. I'm going to have to get one of those. But every time they'd be like, so, because that's like the standard. Like, Where's your dad a firefighter? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. It's my mom, which my biological father was a firefighter back in the day. I could say that. I mean, true. Yeah. But it was always you. And I'm like, oh, it's my mom's captain in Edgewater. And they'd be like, Jill? Like, they know you. It's oh, every single time. And I'm like, yeah. So when let me go. Your, when you had your car wreck, didn't those guys? <gasps> they knew Joe. They knew the guy. They knew him. Yeah. They knew that guy. <laughs> um, because yeah, because that was, was newer. It was in Port Orange, and that's where he had worked before. Mm-hmm. So they knew. They called him, and then they were, I was like, no, call my mom. <laughs> it was so bad. I had a really bad car accident. What was it? A long time ago. I was a kid. I was like 21 years old, 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, here we go. Spun but out on the Spun out on the 95, yep. Bad tires. Just got the right. The one day her father and I decided to walk on the beach, see the sunset. We did, or sunrise. We don't need to have our. We're taking early on selfies. I couldn't believe this you guys so weren't answering. I was we shook. We leave the phone in the car. We come back. There's like, I don't know, 10 messages. Well, it was a bad accident. And they were like freaked out that they couldn't get a hold of anyone. And obviously my biological father didn't answer because like, hello. I mean, you know. So it was just a poop show. So. I'm really proud of you. I think it's the coolest thing ever. And I've thought about like writing. Somebody has said that to me, like writing just a, a quick book, like a like a what did like what did um, like an Amanda e-book. like an ebook, yeah, you know about how to get hired and you know that kind of stuff. Because she's you're so knowledgeable stuff. Well, like the that. thing is, I'm really good at as far as the interviewing process and being able to you know help you get a job in the right direction. Yeah. To, how to interview and you know what it looks for and probably the biggest thing I think that can find you a job as a firefighter is having real world work experience Mm -hmm. it makes people more adaptable you know like you've been a dishwasher you've been a server Mm -hmm. you've worked construction like you've worked a job you know so you know because I've worked with people and we've hired people through the years that have never had a job. They just went to fire school. They went to fire school and then they're like, oh, then it's a bit of a shock to the system. So, you know, I'd say get some real life work experience too. Yeah. Because it puts the job in perspective. If you guys have any questions for mom about this, yeah. obviously leave them down below. Um, maybe she can go through the comments and answer any that you see. Sure. And um, thanks for, you know, talking. I, she didn't want, not that you didn't want so to talk the, about the it. So the day, your birthday story. Yeah. So I'm at work at the fire department and I only had two outfits I had one set of maternity pants and an ugly shirt, and I had an ugly dress. And I think it was in the ugly dress, and I had a doctor's appointment that day. You know how it gets closer. Mm-hmm. You know, you go, what, every few months, and, and then, then you week. go every month. And so I was, like, down to the weekly appointments. And I remember Adele, and also, I was so meticulous. I ate good. I drank good. Like, the last week, I'm like, I'm over this. So I had a Coke <laughs> and a Snickers bar. This is how it happened. Uh, maybe. I'm t- and, uh... <laughs> Like I was starting to cheat. Like I'd get a Snickers bar from the machine there at work and like snap it in half one day, have one half. Because I was like, I, I just, I'm over being pregnant. You're an angel. So I had a checkup at like a, like in the morning. So Adele's like, okay, I'll see you this afternoon. Couldn't smoke in the building. And she'd always like hang out the front door smoking. See you this afternoon. She was a New York lady. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be back. And uh, so I got there and I was for my exam. And he's like, you're a centimeter and a half dilated. Do you want to have the? He was going on vacation. Hmm. Do you want to have the baby today? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm <laughs> being pregnant. Yep. <laughs> and uh, they induced at 11:30. He broke my water. Uncle Randy must have been working up there. He came to say hi as I'm laying underneath the blanket in my water. I'm having contractions. So my water. I'm like, oh, this is awkward. <laughs> and then your biological father's department had a chaplain who also happened to be up there. So he comes to pray with me again, having contractions, my water. I'm like, this is just, can you people leave me? And uh, so they broke my water at 1130 and you were born at, I started pushing at 530 and you were born at 730. I had a big old head. They had to like vacuum me out, right? Put a little vacuum on your head to pull you out. That's why Ella good was set C-section. Of pipes, good set of pipes on her is the first thing because your head came out and you were screaming. Me? And Dr. said, good set of pipes on this one. And your, your grandmother and grandfather were out in the hall, and I I remember kind of crying towards the end of the pushing, like, I can't do it anymore. And I remember 
your grandmother saying, I wanted to come in there and help. I go, what are you going to do? And that's when he put the little vacuum thing on your head and pulled you out. I have a big head, so I'm shocked that you were able to birth me. And four and a half, I did have a, 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 a epidural. Well, bless. Four and a half well, weeks what later, the, back to work. I, the natural birth thing, I'm loving that for people. That's a new thing. Not a new thing, obviously. It's like a normal, natural, always been around we thing. We were going to try that, and we, we took pictures. We had a camera, and so we were taking pictures with how dilated I was. So there's like three, and there's four, and then there's this one. Seven. I'm like, go get the guy. <laughs> and then some really kind of not friendly nurse was like, well, I think you've waited too long. I'm like, get the guy. <laughs> and then they gave me the epidural. And then that same nurse came in and said, well, you're not pushing any good. So I'm turning off the epidural. The doctor came in. He came in at like 530 or something. And he's like, well, I'm going to run home, you know, clean up, have dinner, whatever. And I'll be back. And I'm thinking... I know where you live because I just happened to know where. I'm like, that's on the beach. What do you mean you're not home? And, uh, but she turned off the epidural because she didn't think I was pushing good enough. So when he came back, he's like, why are you not? I'm like, oh, it was hurting. And I'm like, she turned off the epidural. <laughs> and he turned it back on. And by then it was too late. Now I'm going to be 30. Hmm. It was the happiest day of my life. Aw. It really was. I mean, it just... Yeah. I loved you from the moment I, I remember the first time you kicked. I was laying on the bed. I was tired. I was really tired in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I was laying flat on my back. And I was like, oh, I still miss that. I, I still miss the feeling of you moving in my stomach. Or laying on my chest. That's some of my fine, you know, like our heart beats together. You're such a mom. I am. Well, you feel the same way. <laughs> I do. I mean, I do miss it. And that's why when you're like, why do you touch me? All the time. Because you're my baby. I know. Oh, that's emotional. I'm going to get crying. Oh, I love you so I much. I love you too. We've been through a lot. We have. We've come out the other side. We have. Do you tell Ella her birth story, birthday story? She probably doesn't listen much, but you know. No, not really. She probably start doing that. You should. I know. I, I don't know why we got in that habit, but we. I, every, she'll be Thursday. I'll be telling no, her every birthday detail. story. Yeah. Where Aww. I was and how it happened. And, and the, the bad thing is when I called... Uh, your biological father's department to say um, they're going to induce I'm a little bit you know and I talked to the secretary his lady mm-hmm. well by the time he was out on a call or something well they went and found him and said they're taking the baby you've got to go to the hospital they're taking the baby <sighs> you know so he comes in all huh, they're taking the baby <laughs> taking the baby anywhere just, they've, induced, <laughs> they've induced and gave me a little pitocin oh my gosh but you know how the story grows absolutely you know, so. aw good times well guys that's a story of mom being pregnant as a firefighter yeah and 30 years later, here I am. Yep. Fat and sassy. Mm. With a good set of pipes. With a good set of pipes. You were a little baby. Six pounds. I was a tiny little nugget. No, seven pounds. You were seven pounds even. Yep. And long, like 22 inches or something. I'm still tall. Yeah, you are. Well, you were so pretty. You had little blonde hair when you were... You had dark hair when you were born, but turned blonde. It's getting awkward and, for me. Is it? Yeah. Well, you're a mother. I am. I do remember going into our house. We bring, You stayed in the hospital a couple of days back then. And we were unlocking the door. I'm holding you. And we're like, we're both paramedics. And we can't believe they gave us this kid. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I think that's how every parent Like we feels. were prepared for an emergency. Yeah. we were paramedics. But like, I remember calling him. You pooped. He can't, He went home to do whatever. And, and they had left you in there with me. And I'm like, you got to come back. She's pooped. I've got to change her diaper. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, let us know down, down below, guys. Yeah, if you have any questions. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Because she could talk about me being a baby all day long. I probably could. <laughs> it's okay. I You're love You're being it. very indulgent. I am. I'm listening. Because it's, it's, impor- it's my birthday, but it's the day that you worked the hardest, really. You gave birth. It's your and day, too. And I remember too. Ella's birthday. Yeah. I remember that whole day, too. It's important to, I think, remember that. Like, your mm-hmm. grandmother would tell me about my birthday. It hurt. They knocked her out. Mm-hmm. Woke up, and there I was. And she said you were ugly. Yeah. They both <laughs> did. My- Papa, Papa always said that. That's an ugly baby. And they were so young. He had never seen a newborn baby, so he had no idea. They look like aliens, every single one of them. So both times, your grandfather was thrown up the whole time when she was having both of us. And she was knocked out because she didn't want to feel pain. We love motherhood for us. That's Graham Graham wrapped up into one. One thing. Yeah. No pain. No pain. Knock me out. Just give me the kid. Yep. But she was there when you were born. Yeah. All right, well, now we're going to wrap it up. Make sure you guys leave questions down below for mom. And um, 
we'll see you guys in tomorrow's video. Now I'm going to go be nosy and see where the fire truck went. I know. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Uh, oh, my gosh. It's what, it's what I do. It's, I don't do that. I, gosh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love This For Us. Yes, and wonderful person that sent us the jingle. Yes. When we're done with this, I can't open it in the Dropbox. It might have to go to my Dropbox. Okay. I'll okay. send it to you. Thank you, friend. Thank you. We're terrible people. We are terrible people. It's just been hectic and, you know, yes, a lot going on. I finally pulled myself together today. It's you been look weeks. Beautiful. Thanks. So do you. Well, I got a t-shirt on. Glitzy oh. girls. Glitzy girls. I need some glitzy girls like that. Well, I'm in t-shirts all the time. Good thing I know somebody. Mm -hmm. So we typically just kind of fly off the cuff when it comes to, um, is that the right word? Because I always use things wrong. Is that, did I say that right? Yeah, that's fine. That phrase? Yeah. I didn't say it. Go off the cuff. Fly yeah. off the cuff? I picture fly off the handle like mad. No. We go off the cuff? Yeah, we do that. I don't know that. the origin of that word. We yeah. do that every time we film a podcast. So we've... Over the last, what was it, week, we've had some anxiety things between the two of us. All of us. Yeah. Almost all of us. So I think we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety and our struggles because that is something that I think both of us, all of us, have struggled with forever. Mm -hmm. And um, you recently have had the flare up. So. Yeah. Unusual. Do you want to go into your anxiety, like how long you've had it? What, how does, what does it look like for you? What does it mean for you to have anxiety? Because it's different for everybody. I have had anxiety probably all my life. Mm -hmm. Your grandmother had anxiety. Your grandfather had anxiety. Come to find out my grandmother had anxiety. Probably my grandfather. It's just a, it's, what did I, was it you and I that were talking? Like 90% of the people, there's a high, high percentage of people in our country, I guess, mm -hmm. that have anxiety in some form or fashion. Yeah. So for me, I either, it's either flared up or it's not. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have a... Some people, like you even say, or John has mentioned, a constant low hum of anxiety. Well, that's not fair. I do have a bit of a low hum of yeah. anxiety, but I, you know, when it flares up for me, it's usually in an obsessive way. This time was about, I felt a little tweak in my back. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even a tweak. It was probably just a muscle, like I had trained some different stuff. But once my mind gets thought, you know, caught in that obsessive cycle, then there's just no stopping it. So when you have anxiety, you get obsessive thoughts. Absolutely. Everything I did all in time. We had a wonderful weekend and mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. Yes. So I'm not saying it didn't ruin it. Right. But the entire weekend I was trying to think, uh, so I can tell the chiropractors today, but probably, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe Thursday. I don't remember when it started because it's not usually... It just doesn't make sense, you know, what starts it. But then every single thought I had until it kind of went away, you know, I'm going to lean forward into the camera. Oh, is that going to hurt my back? I, I just, I think everything about is my back going to get hurt? Like, and or that, that it's going to go out. Yes. And then, you know, part of the other part of it for me is catastrophic thinking. Mm -hmm. I automatically plan for the worst case scenario. What do you, do? you said to me the other day, I was like, well driving to the gym but if my back goes out i can do, go ahead and do this you know you're like i can call nick and he can have people cover me and i'm like you're already thinking way too far yeah. in advance there and the only reason i say stuff like that to you is because i have the same kind of thinking and i know that that's like yeah. worst but it's case. a terrible feeling i haven't had a flare-up like that and it's i haven't seen you with a flare-up in a long time i know i know you know and you, you get kind of and it just went away I know. Not just now, but I mean, it went away, what did I tell you, yesterday? Yeah. Just kind of like out of the blue. I didn't distract myself any more than usual. Like mm -hmm. it just, it was here and it was gone. Yeah. And I was exhausted last night. I'm I went to bed. You. I got in bed seven-ish mm -hmm. with my book because I was just so worn out from the anxiety for days and days. It's so rough. I mean, I've learned how to not, I mean, I still, like I said, we had the most wonderful day with Ella. Yeah. I guess I've learned to just... Suffer through live, it. Yeah, live with it. Get beautiful moments because you can still have like the best time, but then there's that like cloud that kind of hovers over mm -hmm. you. Like, well, if for you it's your back, or for me it would be I don't even know because I I can stress about so many different things. Mm -hmm. But like you're thinking, okay, well if my back goes out now, at least they're here and they can get me on the boat and we can mm -hmm. get to the hop. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So I understand that you're always planning ahead on how you can handle whatever care. it is. Yeah, yeah, which there's a little trauma tied to your back because you did have like a really bad incident where your back went out once 
right? Yeah. Once. One time a long time ago, like years, years, because I didn't even live here when you did it. Yeah, you were in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So it's been yeah. four but years. But I had to get hauled out of here on a stretcher, you know, so there was a lot to that. I'm not taking away from your trauma. I'm just saying, think about that the next time you like start to spiral. You're like, it's been so long. I know. And there are other factors mixed in that wasn't physical. Right. Well, for me, I feel any kind of change. I read this year when my back went out the first time that when you're going through change, you know, because we have a lot going on in our family and Mm -hmm. different things, uh, depending on where you hold your tension and I hold it in that trunk area of Mm -hmm. my back. So John does too. You know, some people are like this when they're stressed, their shoulders are up like this. Mine is like my pelvis. I walk like the Tin Man. That's, That's how John is too. You know, I don't tense it up here, but I, I really become like a robot, like a like a robot. I'm like ah ah ah. Yeah. It's weird. Well, my, not weird. I don't mean no, but like that. It's that's me. Yeah, that's you. And to, for me to talk about is empowering because I for years thought it was weakness. And you, mom, I was is like, very it's a sign not. of weakness, and you know, you, no, it's a sign. my grandmother had anxiety, and she also had a. I mean, rest in peace. We love you, Graham. But like, she was had a dependency, I should say, on anti-anxiety medication mm-hmm. yep. forever. I mean, since like the '60s, right? Since you and Burke were born, yeah, pretty much. I know in the '70s. I I think I know what which doctor I think it was, and he just kept. Filling and giving them to her, and then forever. when we moved here, she found a doctor because she's a nice lady. She's a you nice know? lady, and she wasn't like a drug addict. It was, it's just no. But where did you when she? Was oh, we, gone, found, we found we found pills all over the house, but and, and it but said it was, nerves on it, like yeah, she, her bless nerve her pill. Heart. <laughs> bless her heart. Whatever they gave her a pill for, she'd write on it BP or nerves. nerves, and she, you know, there was nerve pills all over the house because it's a terrible feeling to begin with, and she was a tender soul, and I think. It was it, too much. It was too much for her to deal with. You and know? that's fine. And that's how she dealt with it. I also think that contributed to her dementia uh, behaviors and stuff too. Because Absolutely. Somebody years pointed of that out. Yeah, they, they pointed good. that out to us when she went into Which office. scared me. I've been off of medication. I've been, I was taking Zoloft for a while. And I've been off of uh, Zoloft for... I never said what I was on. But I was on it for a few months. And honestly, it helped me so much. It helped me just kind of take a breather. But what it also did was kind of numbed me a bit, and I don't like that feeling, and that's what I was scared of. Mm -hmm. So I have taken myself off of it, but I'm not going through an anxiety spell right now. I feel great for the first time in years. That's awesome. So that's been nice, but it's exhausting when you come down off of such a high high. I've had like post... Why are you... I'm sorry, touching her hand. I have (laughs) like a a bout of postpartum depression slash anxiety. I had that really bad after Ella and I think it just spun up because of my circumstances because we were getting a diagnosis and her uh, development wasn't, I was so hyper-focused on like every milestone since the time she was born that that like spun me up. So I'm finally kind of just like chill. And it's such a happy because. You know, I've been a mess. You don't want anybody to feel that, you know. No. We used to have this joking expression at the fire department when somebody was wound up. We're like, you're up here and we need you down here. And that's like you the know? worst thing you can say to somebody with anxiety, too, is and to it like, calm any, down. And it wasn't relative to anxiety. No. It's just somebody that's acting out or yeah. whatever. Not a patient, but each mm-hmm. other, you know. I but think. The, the cruel thing about anxiety is you cannot talk yourself out of it. You really can. You know, and I've tried that for years. So this time I talked to you and just said, this is how I'm feeling. And I you like know? to, I like to talk about it because I know how I feel and I feel like when you talk about it with someone it just feels so much better right and you don't feel alone and mm-hmm. you know it's it happens to almost everybody it's genetic I and mean, it's a matter of how you you know some people medicate some people drink some people do drugs some people exercise always helps me mm-hmm. it's not as though and that wasn't even I had exercised Sometimes, yeah, so I, sometimes, sometimes you just can't just over, help. Yeah, sometimes you just can't overcome. You just kind of have to yeah. survive it. Sometimes that's the worst part. Is like if you are like us and your anxiety comes and goes. Mine hasn't been gone for a really long time, so it's gone right now, and that's a beautiful thing. But I'm always kind of prepared for it to sneak back in, and I know when it's going to. But it's hard to like. You just have to survive it, whatever period of time you're going mm-hmm. through it, whether it's a month of really bad anxiety or seven years of really bad anxiety, <laughs> yeah. you'll get through it. And there are ups and downs with it, mm-hmm. but it's so exhausting and it's painful. It hurts your whole body because you're tense and you always are feeling like you're like this mm-hmm. and that can make things like your back hurt worse. It can make oh, you yeah, feel like I you're dying. Help. It, you know, it doesn't help. And it's genetic. Know? Like my gram had it. Her mom had it. You have it. Mm-hmm. I have it. And 
Ella does have it. I mean, it's very obvious well, Ella was she anxious. anxious. Yeah, she was anxious when we got on the boat Saturday. <sighs> Breaks my heart. But she was also hungry. Yes. But she overcame it. By just much doing quicker. it. But, but yeah, much quicker. You know? Yeah. And that actually, that period of time that we were out on the river, mm-hmm. you know, in the water, all that kind of, I didn't think about it. Yeah, because yeah, she was having such a good time. She's yeah. like a little baby, like, soothing thing. Like, yeah. her having such a good time in, like, embracing it and not being anxious the entire time was awesome. And it was good for everybody. And I think oh, it brought yeah. everybody, like, we just kind of were in, like, bliss for really the whole were. week. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, even now, I'm like, we're still, we're going to do it again this weekend because it was just so good for us. Right. I think nature and sunshine and fresh air and just seeing her live her best life is really good for us, mm-hmm. too. Anxiety is a beast. It is a beast. And more people are talking about it. What did I see? Uh, Carson Daly, Mm -hmm. which I know him from the MT, depending how old you are. TLC, not TLC. Oh, my gosh. TRL. TRL. Total Request Live. Total Request Live. Yeah, and now he's on the Today Show. And he's very open about his anxiety. You know, and I think the more people talk about it, the better. I think so, too. Because you can still get through life. I mean, there are, I guess, those moments, and way, way long time ago, I think I've had... I, I had a real bad spell mm-hmm. um, decades ago, like to the point where, I mean, I was able to power and, you know, go to work and do that kind of stuff, but I avoided things like um, going to the dentist. Like, I, it, it just, it kind of narrowed my life for a few months, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I look back on it and go, Oof, you know. That was rough. Yeah. And that was me because my size, I was like, I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want them to tell me. I'm fat or that I have this. And, like, ever since seeing Dr. Vagovic, like, he's just made me so comfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you're heavy, but, like, you're healthy, and let's just keep it going and just be your best. He doesn't force me and I don't know. You just have to find the right situation and, like, you said about your firefighter job, the right people to kind of help you along in Mm -hmm. your, not autism, anxiety (laughs) life. Well, that's how I feel about, because right now my anxiety is always around my back. I feel like... I've got a good chiropractic team that'll so take you'll care of me. Fine. You know, and I yes, I do have to go down that route to say, you know, if this goes sideways, here's what I'll do. I mean, I just yeah, I'm I'm never going to be. But it's nice to know that you have a backup. Like John yes. feels the same way because he, like he's been taken care of by the same chiropractic team, who is wonderful and amazing, and that's how he feels. Well, if my back really hurts, I go to the chiropractor every Tuesday, Monday, and what Thursday. did you tell me on Sunday? They would come here with they a table. They would literally you know, bring you so a table, and they would, they're amazing people. So but that's will, very comforting. And then you wouldn't have to go to the hospital and do all those things that you're It'll so, probably never happen like that it probably again, but won't. it happened like that once, and for whatever reason, it's scarred me. And, and I have you know. bad experiences doing things, and if you have a backup plan to get through it, then you feel better. That's like we're right. how we are wired, I think. And we t- you might not know this about us, but we talk a lot. Really? <laughs> I no. <laughs> what? Um, but Lauren is a lifesaver to me now as an adult that I can share with her how I feel and she can share back with me. Aw. You are my everything. Aw. You put me through so much therapy that I am like a little sponge. I could therapy anybody. I could therapist anyone. I'm telling you. It's just, I know what I need to hear when I'm going through it. And I think that helps you know what I, yeah, you know, and we've gone through it with Pop, you know, when he had his, and was John. totally related to different stuff, but everyone, we've learned, you know, and that's one of the things in my planner, you have to write about, you know, the, the beginning of the day, what three things are you grateful for, and, or, oh, and when you do the weekly plan, it's the, what were the big wins for last week, and I put, you know, good communication, like, mm-hmm. we've all gotten to the point where we can tell each other what we need. Yeah. Or we know that when this person is feeling anxious, this is this is how t- this, this is helps what we, This is what we tell this person when they're feeling because we all react differently and need different like love languages to get through situations. And it's not like we're all sitting here like anxious and freaking out together and like always a mess. A lot of anxiety is it's inside. It's mm-hmm. inside of you, and you don't even know that it's happening to someone because most people with anxiety can mask it and like push through, and then get home and like be totally drained and can't even function for days. So a lot of, I don't want people to think anxiety is weak because it's just not. I mean, most of the time people who have anxiety are strong because they're having to get through regular life while feeling like you're dying inside. It's awful. Mm-hmm. It is awful. And I'm, I get anxiety just talking about <laughs> it, but I feel, I felt, I feel the best I've felt in years. So, and I did prior to going into the, um, Corona, 
You know, well, this I had, is stressful. I had gotten to the point with the chiropractors on my back. I felt completely confident, comfortable, and you know, then pandemic, pandemic. <laughs> Excuse me, and burping my kombucha. And then now with our spike, our heavy, heavy spike in cases in Florida, it's terrible. It's probably contributing. Absolutely, yeah. and I mean, how can it not? I think for me, because my hypochondriac self, for me, it's like. I needed this to show me that this can happen and like you can survive it or not. You know what I mean? I don't know. It kind of helped me out a little bit. Not like not the pandemic is good or anything, but it just put my biggest fear into realization Mm. and I had to kind of live through it and Mm -hmm. I still am. And it's just not as scary now. I'm not as scared of things that I can't control. Mm. That's a good lesson. That's what anxiety is. You just, you're scared of the things you can't control. We came through the pandemic and it, I mean, it's still happening. It's not like we came through no. it. I mean, it's still out there. But that's a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds very cliche that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. But it's true. And you're not going to, you know, die from anxiety even though you feel like it. Yeah. You know, but it does, if you do, if it's not treated or at least expressed, it, it is can make detrimental f- to your health. Absolutely, you know? 1,000%. Yeah. So get help. I mean, talk to someone, talk to the comment section, find a friend. Um, there's so many ways to get help. I know there's online counseling and mm-hmm. there's support groups and it's just such a talked about thing. It's so relevant now that there's help for it, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. Yeah, because you think about your grandparents, my grandparents would have suffered in complete silence. Or they would have been medicated. Correct. Which in that time would have been alcohol, you know. Alcohol or, for or, your grandparents. Yeah, or, you know. And then the pills for my, my grandparents. Right. And then therapy for you. And like it kind of has just... Mm-hmm. For Ella, I think it's just like, hey, I get how you're feeling. Talk to me. Like, I hope communication, to the best of our abilities, is like how we get through it with her. Well, I noticed on Saturday when she and I were, you know, just hanging out in the water, I talked to her, mm-hmm. whether she's going to talk back or not, and she's talking back more. Yeah. So I would, it would be even if she didn't have anything to say, she processes it. Absolutely. You know, if I were to say... I mean, there was no reason for it to come up, but I mean, I wouldn't mind saying, you know, Graham's feeling anxious. I don't know. You we know? do the same thing with her when we went to her new school because she was crying and upset and like, I don't know school. And I'm like, this is just anxiety. You're just nervous. You don't know what to expect. And that's normal. You should be feeling a little off about it. And she had a good time. And now she's excited to go and rewatches the video. It's like she mentioned, like, I'm nervous. Like she knows like mm. what we're saying. So mm. And I don't want to put that into her head. Like somebody mentioned like, oh, you saying that is why she's going to feel nervous is because you're telling her that. I'm like, no, I'm telling her that. So she knows what that emotion is. And it's okay to have it. And it won't last forever. It really won't. It feels like it will because it like every second is like a minute or an hour long. Mm -hmm. But she got through it. We get through it. And Mm -hmm. you guys will get through it. And just hang in there. And don't suffer in silence. No, don't. Because that is the hardest thing you can do is to suffer in silence. Yep. Because you feel alone and you can feel lost. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody wants to feel that I'm way. I'm glad you feel better. Boy, I was wiped though. I know. Wiped out. I'm not used to seeing you like that. Oh, well, you know. But it didn't make but you, if look you weak. But if you didn't know me, you wouldn't know. Nobody would know. You it would was not have because clue. I was sharing it with you. I only knew because I kept asking you. Because I'm like, hmm. I have, like, I'm an empath. Like, I feel, yeah. I'm energies, man. Like, that is me. <laughs> so, like, I know. When to a, a, it's annoying, but I know when someone is off. Right. I just knew. Thank you for asking, because I wouldn't have volunteered it probably. I know. But you, you did good. I did good. And now you're fine. And I slept. Whew, did I sleep last night? I'm going to sleep tonight. It's exhausting. It is. It is. But just but a few more days good. of you rest, and you'll, it's soft shirt, isn't it? Yeah. A few more days no, of rest. No, but you feel good now. I feel great. Yeah. I, it's hard to say that because it never happens, but I feel wonderful. So, and it sounds crazy, but the simplest thing, like falling into Instagram and scrolling for a, you know twenty minutes, can break the cycle. Or I watch, watch the Good show. Witch. We're watching a dark. We're watching The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, it's too dark for me. I like very like Hallmark. They're all filmed in Banff with like perfectly <laughs> snow topped mountains and beautiful humans. I like that. No, your father and I like those kind of dark ones, but we then talk about the. Yeah. Not me. I don't want to talk about it. I just want very generic. Like, John and I are watching The Good Witch right now. Well, I am. He's not. But he's like, do, do we know where they are? They don't even... The town is Middleton. You don't know what state it is in. Like Stars Hollow. Yeah. You just don't know. Where is Stars Hollow? It exactly. It doesn't matter. That's Do you the know point. Rory is on... Um, she's in The Handmaid's Tale. I knew that. We I can't, can't watch rem- that. We can't remember her name on the show, so we just call her Rory. <laughs> she probably hates that. She probably does. <laughs> <sighs> 
Well, friends. Rory's a fighter, though. She Rory's is. Rory's got spunk. Yeah, we're um, good. Okay. Awesome. So, seek out some. Maybe Lauren can put a couple of resources for anxiety. Yeah, I'll, I'll in start looking. And I don't, because I don't know any reliable ones per se, other than I watch um, a couple YouTubers who are really good with like mental health. Like Katie Morton, she's good. And, um, yeah, I'll leave well, all I'm sure that if down you below. Google like anxiety and you can find, you know, some. There's everything everywhere, but I'll definitely leave a few resources for you guys down below if you need some help. And yeah. we'll sure. see you. will get through it and we're here for you. Yeah, we'll see you in tomorrow's vlog. Oh, is this tomorrow's vlog? Well, this is today's vlog, but we'll, I'll see you guys in tomorrow's vlog. Mom yeah. will see you. When I see you. The next podcast. Until then, we love you guys. Love you. And we love this for us. We do <laughs> love this. <laughs> Bye. I'll send you that email. <laughs> Bye. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Love This For Us. Welcome back. And we have the jingle, and I can't get it to play on my phone, but I've listened to it. Lauren's listened to it's it. It's really cute. John, Freedom, mm-hmm. everybody. It's amazing. It so is. by next week, we'll have it figured out. I assumed I could just open it on my phone and play it for you, and I really love when I'm technologically challenged we just spend hungry we spent so. some time just trying to get it to work and it didn't work so. but it's wonderful and thank you for sending it to us and we will get it added on yes here. thank you samantha right it's samantha i'm pretty sure yes okay samantha samantha wood so it's we're back on we're another back. podcast we are and i have to say before we start the vlog i wanted to give a shout out to john my husband he started his first YouTube channel, you guys, and Facebook. I know. So proud of him. We're so proud. It's No Skinny Jeans. It'll be linked down below and in the iCards What a great above. name. Such a good name. No Skinny Jeans. G-E-N-E-S. Yes. And he sent me a list of names. And when I saw that one, I was just like, that is so funny. So creative. And it, I'm so proud of him. It gives him such a purpose. And he's just so excited about it. So good. make sure you guys go and watch his first video and subscribe and tell him you love him and all that jazz. He's already killing it. Good man. Where he is right now, it took me weeks to get to. No skinny jeans. No skinny jeans. All right, I gave him a shout out. Now we can get back to the podcast. <laughs> okay, so this week we decided, I had an interesting week last week, the conversation mm-hmm. with the woman. Mm-hmm. I say the woman. I don't really know her real name. I just know her a handle. Person. A person. And I don't even know how to start this conversation. Well, you need to start it because you know the story. She reached out to you. No. Oh. I had other people reach out oh. to me. What happened is two years ago, almost two years ago, mom and I filmed a video. We had a run-in at Home Depot with Ella. Mm-hmm. This was a while ago. And she had a meltdown in Home Depot. And we filmed it. It was actually the first day of Autism Awareness Month. So it was like... I, it felt right. Like, we're like, oh, we're bringing awareness. It was an awful experience. We didn't film Ella herself. It was more us having a meltdown. It was me having a meltdown. It wasn't Mostly Ella. We didn't, we didn't film Ella's meltdown. It was how I felt about the woman who verbally accosted me in the parking lot with, mm-hmm. with nasty comments about Ella being ill-behaved and, right. you know, that kind of stuff. And it just... I think it was probably longer than two years ago. No, it was two years. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, okay. it was like two Aprils ago. So it was tagged like autism meltdown, but it In was public. really my meltdown. It wasn't Ella's meltdown. You could hear her crying a little bit, but we never showed her just because right. I knew that part of it didn't sit right with me. I never right. wanted to do that. But I ha- we have learned a lot since that video mm-hmm. because it did go viral, of course, because the internet loves drama and sadness and despair and terrible awful things so that kind of thumbnail with us crying and yeah i really let it loose oh you did mixed with the title it was just not good so long story short i got a message from a few people on instagram and said hey i just wanted to give you a heads up there's this page they're using your thumbnail as their call to action for a petition to remove meltdown videos from youtube and i was like Oh gosh, because I've already felt yucky about this video. I've been going back and forth with it for a really long time. I've deleted or made it private a couple times and then like put it back because my social blade tanked, which is a terrible excuse. And like that, I don't know what else to say. There's no good reason for that other than I was like freaked out that like my channel would just crumble and it didn't and it won't. So I put it back because I also felt like it was helpful, but not... I don't know. It was just such a weird We feeling. got good feedback about it saying, you know, people sharing the same stories. That they have had people say mean things or insensitive things. 
you know, thoughtless things. So it, it actually started a dialogue about how we could all be kinder, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I think that I remember saying that in the video, like basically if you don't know what you're talking about, don't talk, you know, don't, mm-hmm. you know, somebody's not necessarily looking and it's happened to you, yeah. you know, to your, for your input while your child is going through whatever, even if it's misbehaving or if it's an autism meltdown, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, thanks a lot, but we, you know, kind of, thanks. Yeah. You know, kind of got this, you know. So that know. was really part of, you know, the message. And we got a lot of feedback about that. Like, yes, you know, be kind. But it is my channel. And you, as much good feedback as you saw, that video over t- time did not get such great feedback. Okay. And I had to turn off the comments because they were getting oh, okay. ugly. And then um, Ella never was interested in my channel or anything for like the longest time. And over the last year, she's been really like into watching herself and watches every vlog. And she found that video. And that's when I was like, I even remember speaking with Asa and Priscilla about it once. And I'm like, this is really making me feel yucky. And he's like, you should get rid of it then. Like, if it doesn't feel right, get rid of it. Because Ella watching it, I knew it wasn't right. Like, And I think of that now and her seeing me upset would have been hard for her, I would think. And hearing her, because it's not you. It's it's her. Right. Like, it's hearing herself upset and hearing us talk about her. And that was a lot of what, because I think you saw a lot of the good stuff, but I also saw... I see the other side because they're like, we were talking about her in front of her. Yes, we and we actually mm-hmm. went by. I think by the time we pulled in home, we were like, we're not going to do that again. Yeah, because we both learned from that. We yeah. learned a huge. We lesson. learned a lot. Yeah, and we've learned a lot since then. But this um, particular Instagrammer, she's part of a, com- a community called the Actually Autistic Community, which all parents, most parents with an autism channel or any awareness or advocacy channel has dealt with people a part of that community and it's not always good (laughs) it's usually typically not good I get a lot of from that community and I think it's more of their trauma and experiences they're kind of they don't see just they don't see it's black or white it's not gray there's no gray area for them so like if they feel like you are doing something that has happened to them maybe in their past then you're a terrible person and you shouldn't exploit your kid blah 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 so when I reached out to the woman who started this petition, she was very kind, which was nice. And I like let her know, like, hey, I deleted the video. Like, I felt yucky about it anyways. And like, this kind of just really sparked getting rid of that for me. And we had a really great conversation. It was really productive and super nice. So I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, I just, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about like exploitation versus awareness. And it's a very, very fine line. And I don't ever really want to cross it. So it's hard for me now to know what to share with Ella or about Ella. That would be, what's the word? Respectful to her privacy someday because she loves it now. But what if she doesn't love it when she's 12 or 13? And you know what I mean? So that's why you guys have kind of seen a shift, not in my content altogether. But I, I try to not bring Ella in as much. And I'm trying to respect her boundaries. Right. And it's, she's very open if she doesn't. Mm-hmm. She'll tell you if she doesn't want to talk or if she doesn't want the camera or to yeah. have her picture taken. I mean, we're just talking regular life. Yeah. We're not talking about this life. We're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, out on the boat, how many pictures did we take over this weekend? She's like, like okay, enough. Stop. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that's just, you know. Yeah. And I think the way you're doing it all along how do I want to say it? You weave in autism is just a, a part of our family. It's mm-hmm. not our entire family existence. Mm-hmm. But I think when you started your channel, it was. Mm-hmm. Because at that moment, our family was um, up against something that we didn't know about. Right. Uh, we expected but didn't expect. Didn't, you know. So at that moment, it's like anything. When you're when something is new, you talk about it all the time. Right. You go on a diet and you're, that's all you talk about. Or you find a new band you love and that's all you talk about. You know, or you know, we have that diagnosis and so we're learning and talking and it was a lot of our life back then learning how to adjust, you mm-hmm. know, and we've now adjusted and mm-hmm. all of us have grown and it's now just, I, I like the way you show it now because it's just your life, mm-hmm. but that's a part of our life. It's the same thing as we talk about anxiety. Mm-hmm. That's a part of our family life. So sometimes we talk about that Yeah, and no, we're not going to film one of us I don't know, in the middle of a really bad anxious moment or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if we did, it would be uh, consensual to say, I don't know, 
you know, mom, is it okay if I show that? You know, yeah. you're like, yeah, so people can see what it's like or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's just a part of what we, yeah, our family, you know, we talk about exercise or we talk about eating, you know, or losing weight. You know, it's whatever our family's going through, we talk about it. Yeah, and I think I, we all, I think everybody who makes those kind of videos, most people, I can't say everybody, I don't want to lump everyone together, has very good intentions when they're doing it to mm-hmm. bring awareness and acceptance and really always is trying to help people learn or maybe evaluate a situation that they have themselves have been in and mm-hmm. like so that they'll handle it with care or just be more aware in general. Right. Like maybe that person that, you know, talked to me at the Home Depot, if they watched it and went, huh, mm-hmm. I've done that. Although my personal feeling is some a lot of times when people are yeah. willing to do that, they're not also willing to be self right. introspective. But I don't want to say they wouldn't. Yeah. You know, it's like there's so many things changing in the world that we're educating ourselves about. And you have to right. look back and think, how did I, hmm, I am absolutely willing to open my eyes about That's everything. how I feel. Which, so that's how we feel about this video. It's, it, that was then and this is now. And, and, you know. The conversation I had with this woman, she was very, like, she's trying to kind of bridge the gap between parents and the actually autistic community so that we can all learn from each other and like move forward. All of us trying to be our best advocates for mm-hmm. our kids or for them. Um, and it was a really positive experience and I'm really grateful for that because I've been so like a lot of times when people are forcing the message down your throat or like making you feel like crap, you're like, okay, you're just crazy or you're not nice. And I just don't even hear what you're saying and I'll keep going my own way. So it really did help me open my eyes and be like, yeah. Yeah. We had a long conversation with it. You called, I think I called you. I was on my way Mm -hmm. home from somewhere. I I already felt weird about it, which if I felt weird about it, that is a probably a surefire Mm -hmm. sign that it was not okay. And, um, I haven't made any videos like that since. And it's weird because everything you do on the internet is there forever and Mm -hmm. you have to live with the repercussions of all of the content you put out. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that I, I don't know. I'm just glad that I was able to have a productive conversation with her. And then something came of it. Yeah. And now this comes of it and it's another thought provoking or eye-opening thing for the people that watch this. Yeah, because I got a message this morning on Instagram from another autism vlogger. She's from Australia, and she was, like, asking me because she's shown her son's meltdowns. And she's like, so are you, like, not going to show that anymore? How do you feel about it? And I was like, I don't feel good about it. I just don't think it's right Mm -hmm. um, necessarily for us. I just don't want to show Ella in that light, especially since she watches my content. Mm -hmm. So, um, and she was But in some ways... It is helpful because you, in the in the early days you feel alone. You're like, what is that? You know, and mm-hmm. then you watch something. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, it's like we looked for videos like stim. You know, remember mm-hmm. when we were thought, well, why is she doing that thing with her hands? And we started. We didn't even know what it was called. Right. You know, and then it was helpful to see. You're like, oh yeah, it's like this, but not that. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think if it's done in an educational way, I agree. Not in a way, you know. There's a way an to exploit, do it. An exploitive way. Yeah. Like, oh, wait a minute. She's having a meltdown. Let me film it. And a lot of times when um, people that I know that film videos like that, it's not really showing the necessarily the meltdown, but more of like talking about how mm-hmm. they can get through it or what it might look like or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to know um, as a YouTube creator or content creator and a parent trying to do their best, like what to share and what not to share. It's such a fine line of like exploiting and educating and I think the fact- I don't know if I'm good at doing the educating like and I don't know I feel like I'm not I feel like I don't have enough knowledge to school like to educate people on all facets of autism well that's not your job right first of all I would say since you're asking mission accomplished because yeah. you're thought you're thoughtful about it but it isn't your job people their doctors will explain that sort of thing but mm-hmm. you've explained what's ABA therapy and how has it worked for us? Or how do we incorporate, you know, routines into, you know, so that is education. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think you ever started out to be, you know, Professor Lauren, today we're going to talk about autism 101. Yeah. Not like that at all. Here's our, and because what we found with autism is so unique to every individual. Mm-hmm. So you're, I, I can only imagine if I was a mother on the other end, parent, grandparent, whatever, on the other end going, Oh, we're not alone. Yeah. You know, they have rough days or they have, you know, I mean, we had a rough, didn't we just have a situation? Saturday. With Elle? Yes, 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 it was on the boat. Yeah, there was bugs and it was a crisis. She had a full on meltdown. Yeah, and we didn't, you know, and especially now that she's older, 
you can't film that. You got to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, and it so. wasn't, and it wasn't like the end of the world and it didn't ruin our day and it was only a short amount of time. And be, but because you've been exposed mm-hmm. to other, well, you, you actually know people, mm-hmm. you know, but imagine if you're living somewhere and you don't have mm-hmm. any friends with kids on the spectrum and you like, you're alone mm-hmm. and then you have a situation like, you're like, no, I'm not the only one. I know. You know. Nobody just, likes to feel alone. I know. I just, I really, I think the part of my personality is I want to please everyone. That's always kind of been my personality. So I don't like that there's a group of people who may hate me because I have labeled myself as an autism mom or have shown autism content. But I also have to realize that I've everything I've ever done has been out of pure like love and just really trying to make people not feel alone and that's what I've always mm-hmm. tried to do and that's what I'll continue to do and it's not saying I'm not going to share Ella um there's other reasons why I'm trying to keep her off of the just all the family vlogger stuff and I it's hard to know what to share it's just so hard to know like what's too much and what's not enough it's just on social media it's just a fine you follow your heart and you're doing it already and your gut your intuition yeah I'm trying I'm really trying but I definitely learned a valuable lesson and um, I just feel better knowing that that video is not on my channel anymore. Because every time she'd click on it, she would laugh. It's so bizarre. <laughs> she would just laugh and laugh and laugh. And it would make me so upset. So I'm like, this is not okay. So it, I'm glad it's gone. And I'm, I hope I can just, you know, make really good content in the future. And you do. And she will watch this and hear this. Mm-hmm. And that's what her heart will hear. Well, we love you, Ella. <laughs> yes, we do. We more, really do. The, the world. whole world revolves around you and it's just I hate that I made a not, not don't be so hard on yourself I know it was hard for me though because I'm just like I would never want her to feel yucky you know I don't think she did I don't think she did and you yet didn't, you didn't intend it and you just stop being so hard on yourself I can be the same way just all it takes is one person to say something you're like oh oh well seeing your you face know. against this petition that's got thousands of thousands of signatures and it's like don't do what she did, even though she didn't single me out because she had no idea who I was. They didn't say my name. People recognized my And chin. she said she didn't watch your video, so she no. didn't even realize that it really wasn't of right. Ella's meltdown. Um, but I tried to see both sides. I tried to see their side of it, and mm-hmm. I try and like explain my side of it. And it was a really nice, productive conversation. But it all just goes to show you, like you really have to think about the stuff you put out on the internet. Mm-hmm. I never really thought about it in the beginning. <laughs> I never did. Everybody, I don't care if you have an Instagram mm-hmm. for yourself as a person. And I'll just add this in because I've been seeing this a lot and it's not related to the spectrum. But the whole Karen thing, mm-hmm. people are filming people at their, that's an adult meltdown. Mm-hmm. Now an responsible adult that's not on the spectrum or whatever. But I, the internet has also become mm-hmm. that capturing of that um it's inappropriate behavior, but I mean, mocking people, like the internet is really getting worse. It is. You know, like mocking people, you know, like, and you can edit things out, like, you know, this lady at the grocery store that's freaking out could have been taunted, 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 you know, but just the hatefulness of it. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Karen thing is just really irritating me these days <laughs> because what if it was, don't be a Lauren. Can yeah. you imagine the, all that's doing is labeling somebody mm-hmm. for a behavior Yeah. And, you know, for five minutes of their life, I'm not a all the Karen behavior. I'm not saying that's right to do. Right. But it's just another step of ugliness. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That I just... It's a why? lot. The why? internet is a lot right now. And I think it's just progressively building towards like... I don't know. It's hard to know as a content creator like what is okay. You know what I mean? Everybody's trying to be PC and super like respectful and not say too much but not say too little. And there's like really you can't win no matter which way you go. So it's it's hard to like know what to do and what to say and i unfollow the people that go right for the drama Mm -hmm. and anytime i go to their page it's a karen Mm -hmm. or it's a it's like mm -mm. yeah you know the world is it's 2020 Mm -hmm. you know it's a hard enough world right now yeah we don't need to and i think what you're doing kind of what i'm saying is actually feeding into that Mm -hmm. you know keep it positive yeah try really hard to keep it positive and um, just share what we feel comfortable sharing when we feel comfortable sharing it. Right. Yeah. The internet. And as my husband, and that's another thing is because yeah. my husband's putting himself out there like hardcore. Yeah. Weighing himself on camera, pictures with his shirt off. I mean, he's really going for it. Well, well and you know what? There'll be, there's trolls. <sighs> I know. You could say, here is the unicorn at the pot of gold eating Skittles or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter 
what people mm-hmm. are going to be negative about. So you just have to, if you, it, it, and John, if he helps two people. Mm-hmm. And say, he's owning it. He's say, owning I'm it. I'm motivated, to, you know, look at what he's doing, look mm-hmm. what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know, so no, I, I, it's no reason not to put yourself out there, mm-hmm. but just rise above. Like I've been following all these great, I, I can't think of the names of the, it blurred again and we took the picture down. Oh boy. Hold on. Okay, what's happening? Huh. Oh. Uh, ah, there we are. There we are. <laughs> Sorry for you podcast people. I know. Um, but I've been following Instagram stories that are like, or Instagram accounts that are all good news. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I see that. Your channel, you always make me smile. I know. You know? And, I'm, and, and even if you talk about hard stuff, I mean, we're still This isn't me being a martyr. Like, tell me how great I am. Tell me how wonderful. Is that, am I You're using, wonderful. I know. Yeah. Like, you should do what I do on the internet. I don't want to show too much and I don't want to do meltdowns and like, I'm better. That's not what this is. It's not. No. I just feel like I, I, it's hard for me to know like what to do and I'm struggling with it. I really am. I don't notice a difference in your content. Well, I that's think good. It, I think it's just evolved. I'm trying Autism to evolve. Autism is a smaller part of our life. Now. It is. That's a good. That's a good way to put it. It's a smaller part of our life. It was my entire life, and it still is because Ella is my entire life. Right. But we've come to a place with autism where it just doesn't. It's not the like at the very front of the line, and it's like all we talk about or mm-hmm. all we think about, and it was for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And but. Anybody that's new, again, with anything, any kind of new diagnosis, mm-hmm. a new job, a new anything, mm-hmm. it's all you, you're learning, you're accepting, there's a lot of feelings, you're processing. Like, I found YouTubers in the early days that helped me with Ella, like, and I'm obviously friends with them now, but it's like, that helped me, the hard stuff too. So, right. I can't take away from it helping people, even the hard stuff. Right. But I always just want to, my main goal is to help people, obviously, but to make sure that Ella never feels like I've done something to her. She knows how much you love her. I know. She's never going to feel that. She's just except getting so into when, her own. Except and, when she's a teenager and she's going to hate you just for right. your mere existence. So but let's try like really hard to make sure that there's nothing that she can throw in my face when she's a teenager that I filmed about oh, there her. Will be. There will I'm, be. Yeah, you yeah. Know, just, Even baby videos, she'd probably find something. It's just... I that she's that's and you know what that'll be a more <sighs> typical type of experience that'll be wonderful, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so that's where we're at. Okay, okay. I'm just all over the place all the time. That's okay. Yeah, love you. I love you. I like our content doing this. People love you, by the way. Oh, they love. We need a handshake next. Yeah. <laughs> People love you. You bring out my best. 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 <laughs> And thank you guys so much for watching and listening to these podcasts. It means a lot really, to us. Yeah, and I really feel terrible about I did not pre I'm a pre-planner person and I just assumed I was going to be able to play that on my phone. She's hungry, so that's more what it is. Could be. <laughs> so we will see you guys next week in the next podcast. Make sure you guys send us um topics. Sure. Yeah, what do you want us to talk about next? Yeah. We're on uh staycation next week. Mhm. We can do it by the pool. Ooh, that will make anybody jealous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, we're not going, you know. I see I'm overthinking. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a mess. You are. It's my mess. Oh, thanks. Love you. We'll see you guys in the next podcast. We will. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Why does that bother you? I just don't like it. The people like so, it. The it's people, so what? The it's, people. It's so what? What is it so? Just cringy. Really? No, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm not the queen. Bye. Well, that's your other move that you do. That's your other one. What? Bye. I have more than one move. She has no moves. I have no moves. So here we are. Jealous of my move. (laughs) Jealous. Hmm? Bye. See you later. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh wait.